Coliseum. Everybody get ready. This is only the start. Let's have a great time. Party time. We're ready to get it on here. Let's go to the business the service. The Holy Spirit. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Jeff, I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. Oh, man. (laughs) This is Tom Healy, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Jeffrey Ryan. Jeff, how the hell are you doing? Whatever you got to tell yourself, man. <laughs> oh, you got me early on this one. People oh, oh, you. Oh, I forgot to tell you. We're talking about Shawn Michaels today. That's from oh, his. Are uh, we? Oh, that's from his theme music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for clarifying that for our fans and listeners. Yeah, those that. are those are the lyrics from Shawn Michaels. He was a big star in the in the nineties and two thousands. That's his theme music. I've never heard of him, but I'm sure you're going to tell me a little bit about uh, him. Got so all kinds that's... of stuff to tell you today. Oh, for, uh, we are off to a fun one, my friends, uh, kind of tuning in and listening. So I'm doing great. Tom is obviously doing great. And so thank you for listening. As always, subscribe to The Payoff if you aren't already. Give us those five stars. Spread the word about the show. We're going to drop that new episode. Depending on where you live, it'll be there Monday morning for you or Monday afternoon. Just kind of depends. But Monday, it will be there. So uh, we, drop sure- them. we drop them early for all our UK fans. They really are. I know. Yeah, absolutely. So, but we respect that. We see you guys. We hear you guys as well, too. I mean, we respect that. And of course, no matter what time of day, you can always check us out at Payoff Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're always on that stuff. Trying to do a little bit more myself, engage a little bit with everybody, but we're always always engaging, but trying to post a little bit more for everybody. So make sure to check that out. And then lastly, just that Patreon, one tier, payoffpatreon.com. Got our after show, got the bonus episodes, kind of a few exciting weeks here, kind of with things happening just in regards to payoff or not payoffs, but well, payoff for us, but you know, different pay-per-views, different big shows, things happening, AEW, you name it, it's all coming. So exciting two months of wrestling really kind of, you know, I look at capping off with Wrestle Kingdom. So very exciting stuff. So Tom, what else do you got for those listening? 
Look at you. Give us five stars. Engage with us on social media. I'm going to be on there interacting with the fans more. Such a, such a baby face. I, sometimes, man. Well, if you're going to be, you know, the heel and we got, somebody's got to, you know, be your 50-50 booking here. So. Hey, look, look, look. HBK needs a Marty Jannetty, so. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, yeah. yeah. I love how that's become like a, like every tag team has to have a Shawn Michaels and a Marty Jannetty. And it's yeah. like, yeah, like Z- Xavier Woods is like the Marty Jannetty. It doesn't make any sense. No, it really doesn't. No. It, I, you try to force that analogy on every tag team ever. And we've said it before. Marty is more than welcome on the show to come and join us and be a part of the payoff. I am on record is saying that he is my dream guest. I will do this show for as long as it takes to get Marty Jannetty on it. I want to do like eight matches with him. I've got... That's our goal. I've got... Yeah, yes, yes, yes. All right. So as everyone knows, you know, hit us up on social media. Make sure to hit subscribe. If you haven't done so, go back in the archives. We've got a growing list of pretty kick-ass shows that we're really proud of and we hope you enjoy. And I like to remind people every once in a while, some of the matches that you're like, yeah, I don't know about that one. Dude, click on them and listen. Some of our best episodes are not the five-star classic all-time matches or even the biggest name guests, but they're just like, There's some cool moments and some great interviews. And so make sure to check those out. So with that being said, as always, we got the build, we got the payoff, and we got the aftermath. Jeff, why did you want to cover this match? Tom, I'll admit this, <laughs> you make no secret of your, your love of HBK. And so I will admit, I think you were talking about this app by kind of doing this match. I think this was one of the ones that you would reference quite a bit, even before, like when you and I were sitting around having drinks and, you know, a couple white claws trying to figure out what we wanted to do with this show. And what well, I know you get a couple of drinks of me and I can't stop talking about Shawn Michaels. I know. Yeah, I know. I, that's not a joke, actually. So whenever you see Tom at a show, but you know, we have that, but I think that even still, you know, we talked about Tatanka's, you know, before and his, or the Miz debuting against him, but I'll say like this match was more in his, I say prime. It was when he was undefeated. It was when the streak was happening. I think it was just, you know, really exciting. And, you know, we didn't want to sit on this one too long because Tatanka, he's, he's out there. He's, I saw him. He was just on the conference circuit not too long ago. He's out there doing that. He's super active on social media. He's just one of those that our fans really enjoyed hearing from too. He had some good stories and he's another one that's been around and done some things. And I was just excited to talk about like this moment in his career. So Tom, you know, do I need to time you on this one? But why did you want to talk about this one? All right. So total shoot. I don't think I've ever told you this. Okay. You want to know how big of a Shawn Michaels mark I am? Get ready. True, true story. True story. We're at the Hall of Fame when he gets inducted. Okay. My buddy looks over at me and he said, I had tears in my eyes. Wow. That's not like... <laughs> Hey, you know what? It's real to me, damn it. Like, I, you know. I'm telling you, it's so bad. I mean, I almost took my first vacation to Saudi Arabia to watch him come back with Triple oh, H. That would I hear Jetta's nice this time of year. You, but, you, uh, imagine, you imagine if I sent you a text message or a picture and I'm sitting like fifth row at the Saudi Arabia show waiting for Shawn Michaels to come back? I would have freaked out. I don't even know if you're allowed to. Like, I don't even know if you can buy tickets for that. Like, if we're even allowed to travel there i, I that don't would have know. been insane 
All right. So, first of all, Tatanka, underrated, kind of a forgotten guy in the wrestling business, and look forward to having him on the show. And first time we had him on, he was fantastic. As far as Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania goes, as we know, he was the man at WrestleMania, Mr. WrestleMania. What's cool about this, Jeff, is this is his first really good WrestleMania match. And so that's one of the themes for this episode is the beginning of Mr. WrestleMania. Now, a year later, he would go on to steal the show, ladder match, WrestleMania 10. But to me, some of those first couple matches, which I'll get into in here in a minute, were really good and were some of the best matches on the show. And so, yeah, the beginning of Mr. WrestleMania is really supposed to start with this match. So I'm excited to talk about it. And I think you'll gather throughout this episode how enthusiastic I am about it. So anything else before we get into the bill, Jeff? I say, let's go for it, man. I know you're ready. <laughs> All right, kick us off. So getting into the build a little bit here, what we've got. No, 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 no. Jeff, you always lead us into the build. What were you supposed to do? Oh, yeah. Now it's time for. Yeah, you got to Come on. You know, I I didn't have that in the note here. I don't know how because we like the script we work up. So here's here's the deal. I thought you wanted to keep talking. And so that was. Yeah. And I was looking up WrestleMania 10. And so that was. Yeah. You, you, You know, you know, the passion with which I say the payoff i need that passion with the build and the aftermath as well and i'm just not sensing that you have I know. that right now and so i'm trying to this is one you're carrying this one so anyways with all that being said and the madness that that opening was for everyone let's get to the build oh it's time for the build There it is. Much, much, much better. All right. Here we are with the build. Now, we're going to cover two different things here, okay? The first thing we're going to cover is Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania leading into WrestleMania 9. And then we're going to talk about the WrestleMania 9 card, which (laughs) that's a whole other thing. I loved WrestleMania 9, and I, I know I'm like the only person in the world to ever say that, but we'll get to that one in a second. You so, definitely are. <laughs> the history of Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. WrestleMania 5, it's him and Marty Jannetty, the Rockers, okay? Eight-minute match. They lose to the Twin Towers of Akeem and the Big Boss Man. What I remember from this match is, wow, these guys are different. They dressed differently. They were doing acrobatic stuff in tag team moves, or as Gorilla Monsoon would say, tag team specialist. They were just doing stuff that you didn't see. And one of the things that I think gets overlooked or not discussed much is the first nine WrestleManias, the wrestling in WWF at the time sucked. Like, it was really bad. So, yeah, there's, there's a couple, like, you know, there's Steamboat and there's Savage, and then there's, like, a whole bunch of shitty matches the first nine WrestleManias, okay? Or, yeah. or you know, or at least, like, like, five or six WrestleManias. Okay, so WrestleMania five, the Rockers doing, like, tag team tandem moves and flying all over the ring at the time was unlike anything that you saw in the WWF. Now... I wasn't a big tape trader. I wasn't watching stuff in Japan. I wasn't watching stuff in Mexico, okay? I didn't really watch much NWA, WCW. So all I had to go off of in terms of wrestling 
was the WWF. So seeing the rockers flying around the ring, I just remember thinking, wow, this is way different. Hence why I love the rockers, specifically Shawn Michaels. So another thing, piece of trivia is my markship, if that's even a word for Sean, <laughs> goes back to WrestleMania five with the rockers and, you know, just a big fan at that point forward. So that's WrestleMania 5. WrestleMania 6, the Rockers would lose to the Orient Express. That was Pat Tanaka and Sato, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So the Rockers lose by countout. It was not a good match, but man, as far as heels go, you want to talk about an underrated heel manager? Mr. Fuji was awesome. Okay? Absolutely awesome. Loved Mr. Fuji. All right? The Hall of Famer, Mr. Fuji? That's right. So then we get to WrestleMania 7. This is the first of three times that Sean would be the opening match at WrestleMania in a row consecutively. So the Rockers beat the Barbarian and Haku. They're accompanied by Bobby Heenan. It's a big upset at the time. Really fun match. And I just dug WrestleMania 7 in general. So that was one of a lot of things that I really liked about that show. All right. So three times, five, six, and seven. The Rockers, Shawn Michaels, solid matches, kind of fun, a little bit different. Now we get to WrestleMania 8. It's Shawn Michaels, again the opening match, defeating Tito Santana. It was an okay match, but it, you know, look, Shawn was that first big thing to happen at WrestleMania 8, so it really stuck out to you. He made an impression. He's now a single star. He's got the look with Sensational Sherry. It was awesome. What sucks about that was the original idea before Marty Jannetty had his personal demons, as we seem to say in the wrestling business a lot, (laughs) that was supposed to be Sean and Marty. Now, they went on to have a killer feud and some excellent matches, which again, when Marty comes on the show, we're going to discuss with him. I can't, I mean, I'll just make a, I'll make a bold statement here. If Sean and Marty would have had the blow off to their feud as the opening match of WrestleMania 8, you'd still be talking about to this day as one of the better matches in WrestleMania history. That's how good that feud was. And if they would have given them 15 minutes in the ring and maybe the Intercontinental title on the line, dude, would have been incredible. All right. So now we get to WrestleMania 9. It's Tatanka. It's Shawn Michaels. Shawn's the Intercontinental Champion. And again, this would be the opening match on the show, his third consecutive opening. We'll talk more about this, but it's the best match on WrestleMania 9. It's not even close. And to me, this is in a lot of ways where Mr. WrestleMania was born, having the best match on the show, which he would go to do countless times later on in his career. All right. Now, WrestleMania 9. We'll talk more about this show in the future. The guest that I want to have on is Brutus Beefcake, and I want him to talk about that tag match, and that's where I'd like to really talk about this whole WrestleMania 9 card because there's a lot happening here, a lot. But like I said, I'm a huge WrestleMania 9 mark. I love the atmosphere. It was outdoors, Caesars Palace, Las Vegas. I loved Hogan winning the title at the end. Thought it was great a really great Shawn Michaels match. So I didn't think WrestleMania 9 was as bad as everyone says. And, oh, it's the worst WrestleMania of all time. Eh, I don't know about that. 
So, with that being said, April 4th, 1993, we're in Vegas, Caesars Palace, about 17,000 in attendance. Opening match to Tonka and Shawn Michaels, which is why we're here. We'll talk more about that. We had the Steiner brothers defeating the Head Shrinkers, Doink defeating Crush, Razor Ramon defeating Bob Backlund, Money Inc. defeating the Mega Maniacs, which is Brutus and Hulk Hogan by DQ. Gosh, that match went 19 minutes. Hard to believe. Luger defeating Mr. Perfect. The Undertaker defeating Giant Gonzalez. Yokozuna defeating the WWF champion Bret Hart. And then Hulk Hogan coming out at the end to defeat Yokozuna. All right, so the card may have sucked a little bit, but I don't think it's as bad as people say. As far as Hogan winning the title at the end, you know, look, everyone bashed it. Oh, Hogan's ego, this and that. All I can tell you, Jeff, is being a nine-year-old Hulkamaniac, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was one of the most shocking things I'd ever seen in the history of wrestling at the time. I loved it. Again, I know people probably shit on it, didn't like it, Hogan's ego, politics, blah, blah, blah. But as a nine-year-old fan, Hogan coming out, winning the title, he hadn't been champion in a while, total surprise. I absolutely dug it. So that's all I got for right now. As far as the storyline leading up to Tatanka and Shawn Michaels, what do you have for us on the way to the bill, Jeff? The payoff, the only podcast in the world that's actively pursuing people to talk about WrestleMania 9. So, but that's what we bring to our fans because that's what we want. So all of this though, you know, good stuff. And, and we talked about, you know, alluded to it a little bit and said it, you know, a later point in Tatanka's career when he was, you know, debuting against The Miz. But yeah, just a brief reminder, Tatanka's television debut in WWF, it was February 1992, and he beat Pat Tanaka. Prior to this, he had wrestled on some house shows, and he was a, a somewhat known character. So he was already a fan favorite when he made this TV debut. It wasn't like he came out of the blue. The major push right out of the gate, it was his first few years of his career, was that he was undefeated and that he hadn't lost a match since that debut. And how we got to this match specifically, though, is that prior to WrestleMania 9, you know, Tatanka, he'd been feuding. It was Shawn Michaels, the Intercontinental Champion, because Michaels had won the belt from the British Bulldog. Their first of a couple matches, actually, it was January of 1993, so a little bit earlier in this year, where Tatanka actually went over clean a couple times. Sunday Night Heat, you know, a couple of those types of shows. But Tatanka had beat Michaels. And we'll say this January match, and Tom already graced us with, to, with his beautiful singing voice at the beginning of this episode. But this was actually, this January match was the first time that Michaels had had the theme, but this was the first time where he was the one singing the lyrics on that theme. And so, and this is the, of course, the sexy boy is Tom. Has the, Sher- the Sherry version was great too. The Sherry, there was nothing she, wrong with the Sherry she version. She was so obnoxious. But people forget though, that that was the thing, you know, just like we learned, you know, the Patriot and Kurt Angle's theme and sharing that, that, you know, it just, it's funny too, because like some guys nowadays and, you know, superstars like the, their theme changes every six months or something like that. It's ridiculous. But like, you know, this, this longevity, but Michael's has always been this way. So they started cutting promos about a potential match in February after Tatanka, you know, he went over Michael's those few, you know, couple of times. So, I would say compared to, you know, some of the matches that we've discussed here on the build, and I'll talk about this on my score, that we're actually starting to see the kind of outline of this a little earlier compared to some other matches. So 
And that's one of those things that like I had the shower thought actually the other day with my notes of like, is the long build just dead? Is it just that, you know, maybe you and I have been fans so long that we're maybe we want to see that, but maybe it's just, that's not what we're getting anymore. So better topic for a later day. But a note about this match that, you know, Shawn Michaels, as you already said, and his, you know, former as well theme song singer, he was also feuding with the sensational Sherry, who we'll see was actually with Tatanka during this match. But Michaels came out with who at the time was the debuting Luna Vachon. And so kind of interesting how that all played out as well, too, because what we had here is a little bit of backstory. The Sherry was actually Michaels' valet. And so manager, you know, ring aficionado, whatever the hell you're calling it, but it was his valet at the time. And so as Michaels would do during, you know, before some of his matches, he was checking himself out in a mirror and Marty Jannetty, of course, this talking about so many people that Tom loves in this episode, Marty Jannetty, who had been gone for a while, actually came through the crowd and then was going to hit Michaels with his mirror and smash it over his head. But Michaels pulled Sherry in like that dirty heel, pulled Sherry in front of it, and he hit her. Tom, I see you shaking your head already. Incredible, incredible angle. I was watching it live. The way they did the camera work on that, it was so good. If you don't remember it or haven't seen it, well, go back and watch that. That's your assignment for this week. It was (laughs) <laughs> so good, which is, again, why I was saying if you would have had the two of them at WrestleMania 8 in that match, the build for it was incredible. It just was so disjointed because Marty kept getting fired. Yeah, that's true. So it's hard to tell a story when you can't keep a job. So, yeah. Yeah. And so with that, he did, you know, he knocked out Sherry and then Michaels ran away, of course, but Janetti was checking on Sherry. She was taken in the back on a stretcher. It was a whole thing. And of course, this was his TV return. So, so Halloween, I did Macho Man and my wife kind of did Liz, but was just pissed about her wig or something i don't know women stuff i want to do the Shawn michael sherry one that would be a good halloween costume that would be if you can convince yeah that would be fun yeah i know would you need like a black wig like the curly hair i mean it's doable actually that's easier to do than liz probably because that'd be an easy wig to find i gotta gotta, yeah i gotta work on that maybe next year the other thing too jeff i don't know if you know this or not but i have a Shawn michaels mirror like the one that sherry holds i have it in my bathroom and i do that kind of pose with the he I'm just would. I'm just kidding I'm just he, kidding he's saying that now yeah all right uh, total work total work I'm just I kidding will, I'll be asking your part about yeah someone about that so you know it but kind of gives us the full story like I said there were a few matches that you know it kind of got us to this point little promo work involved it wasn't a every week you know we didn't need it shoved down our throats but you know we started to see this really in the you know the three four months leading up to mania and so not a bad little build here and so tom any other thoughts that you have on it as far as the bulldog michaels match where michaels won the Intercontinental title it was awesome i remember just being really pumped about that it was kind of a surprise i think he won by cheating if i'm not mistaken but that wasn't long after the bulldog had that big win against bret hart so just you know look if you're gonna take away one thing from all of that (laughs) kids the intercontinental title used to mean something and be an awesome like undercard springboard for your younger talent typically better workers it used to be such a great part of the company and it's just now we have 
30 championships and it doesn't matter anymore. But, you know, that was something that was interesting. And then just dug the whole Tatanka being undefeated stuff. And I thought they did a good job building him too. So two guys that were well booked that both had a lot of momentum coming into this match. Yeah, absolutely. Just good stuff. So, you know, Tom, so you want to tell us where we're at and go from there? Yeah, so we're WrestleMania 9. We're right at the beginning of the entrances. So when we come back from the ding, 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 it's the entrances of the wrestlers at the beginning of WrestleMania 9. If you're watching the WWE Network, it's the first match on the show. So it's right after the introductions. If you're finding it online, again, right when the both guys are coming in, it's an awesome match. We look forward to watching with Tatanka. We hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you on the other side for the aftermath. With that being said, it's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. All right, this is the payoff, and we are here with Tatanka. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing awesome. Love to say hello to the WWE Universe and all the great fans out there listening to that awesome name, the payoff. All right. And hey, I've been looking forward to this. I was a big fan of yours growing up. I love the colors. I love the energy, the music, just your mannerisms were a little bit different. You were fantastic. So this is going to be a lot of fun and big Shawn Michaels fan as well. And I know this was a great match. I actually just watched it the other day just to prep for this interview. So first thing I want to ask you was how much input did you have into your name, your character, your look? How much of that was your idea and how did you come up with it? Great question. When I first came in, one of the things they knew with me coming in, I had three tryouts. All the tryouts, when I came in, I actually tried out as a Native American because I'm an official member of the Lumbee tribe of North Carolina, full blood, both my mom and dad. So that's the character I started with. I started with War Eagle Chris Chavis. If you looked at the WWE unreleased video, DVD that was released not too long ago, they have one of my unseen matches, which was, again, War Eagle Chris Chavis. So when I came in, got hired, then said, listen, I really love your Native American heritage. I love that you're truly Native American. We don't want to insult anyone. So I prefer if you can look for names and let us know some names for your character. So I started looking for names. And as I started looking for names, natives name things with characteristics, what they see with a person's life, me, the real truth. Like if you watch Dances with Wolves, they named him because they seen him dancing with a wolf, like the girl, stands with the fist. Well, most native names are several different names. So meaning like Big Bear, running in woods. That's not going to work good for wrestling. But all of a sudden, they came along the name Tatanka. It was a Sioux name. It means Buffalo. And then I started saying to myself, what a great wrestling name, the fans. Tatanka, Tatanka. So when I went to Vince McMahon, said, Vince, I found it. He says, what's the name? I said, Tatanka. He said, what does it mean? I said, it means Buffalo and Sue. He says, that's great. We're going with it because you're going to run over your opponents. That's great. And how, how hands-on was Vince with, you know, your character and everything? Did you work directly with him a lot? 
Yes, the first day that I came into World Wrestling Federation at that time, WWE, when I walked, I actually, they flew me to Stanford, Connecticut. I went into Titan Towers, okay? I was being hired at that point. I walk in the office, Pat Patterson's there, Vince McMahon is there. They take me to the art department, and Vince says, look here, they had my full-blown character already drawn out, already created, the red mohawk, but I had the white long regalia pants, the different outfit, the outfit that I started with in WrestleMania 8. So they already had that look. They And then Vince asked me, can I confirm something? I said, yes. He said, did Native Americans truly have red Mohawks? I said, yeah, well, the Mohawk Nation, yes. I says, many of them, when they went to war, they would dye their hair or their Mohawks with red berries, and they would actually have red Mohawks. So guess what happened that day? I fly all the way from Florida. You know, I'm a business person at this time. I'm a divisional manager of Bally's Corporation, Health and Tennis Corporation. I go for this time. I'm getting hired, okay? Well, Vince sends me that day. After I told him, I says, no problem. He says, do you have a problem having a red mohawk? I says, no problem at all. I left the office that day. They sent me to a place in Connecticut where they cut my hair, made it tighter on the sides, actually bleached my hair, dyed my hair. I came back from Connecticut to Florida with a red mohawk. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? That just teaches everybody out there or gives an example. When you have an opportunity Okay, you know, to be able to come into a company or have that opportunity that you're seeking, do everything within your power. Don't say no. You know, a lot of people have said a red mohawk, have it all the time, colored like that all the time. Yes. And guess what? After all these years, one of the biggest things that I'm remembered by is the Red Mohawk. My action figure sold in the top 10. It's completely sold out. Why? Character. I look totally different on the shelf. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that we talk about on the podcast here often is how, you know, you go back and you watch wrestling from this era and there were characters and now everyone kind of looks the same, works the same, acts the same. It just doesn't have the variation it used to have. Of course, large. That's what was so awesome about the World Wrestling Federation, today's WWE. What was so awesome that everybody was larger than life characters. No one looked the same. Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Legion of Doom, Barbarian, Shawn Michaels, the Native American Tatanka, Razor Ramon, the Bushwhackers. No one, no one was the same. So everyone was unique. Today, everyone looks the same, just like you said. Boots, tights, knee pad, usually black colors, dark colors, almost same body types. Really a different business today. And then the characters aren't, they don't really vary. They got a name and they got some different mannerisms. So yeah, you're exactly right. What was the relationship between you and Vince? How was it? It was totally different then. You know, we were so honored and blessed to be able to work hands on with Vince McMahon. During that time, it was only Vince McMahon. Pat Patterson, and Chief J. Strongbow. So you had two guys 
talking to Vince, filling him. But the thing about it, both of those guys were wrestlers. Both of those guys were superstars and successful in their industry. But what was great would be able to speak to Vince McMahon one-on-one. Today, the company is such a monster. You don't see that. There's so many layers now to get to Vince. Can you speak to Vince? Yes. But man, there are so many people in creative. There are so many agents. You know, Vince is doing the bigger stuff you know again look at what he's done with the company today from wwe network to wrestlemania being one of the top five sporting events in the world up there with the super bowl the winter and summer olympics the final four look what he's done i mean i wrestled at wrestlemania 32 101,000 people 763 broke the indoor attendance record it's amazing he continues to break the glass ceiling but then i could speak to vince mcmahon all the time with see him all the time I sat down with him which we're going to speak about I understand concerning Lex Luger when we did the million dollar man Ted DiBiase and joining and of course being very entertaining to the WWE universe because it was a total shock oh absolutely so let's talk Wrestlemania 9 here what do you remember about this venue and, and working outdoors was it a lot different for you a lot different but you know what I remember we all miss him. I remember, and all of us remember, Bobby the Brain Heenan coming out backwards on that camel. Only Bobby the Brain Heenan. But look at such a characteristic place. Not only great characters in the ring, but coming from Caesar's Palace. Everyone was dressed up, you know, with that kind of attire. It was just a great place. What was tremendous is Sean and I had already had a lot of great matches on Monday Night Raw. Vince knew that we would open up WrestleMania and have it hot. It's never opened up with a title match. We were the first ones to do that, and which I'm honored to. They also talk about this being one of the great WrestleMania matches. And I agree because I've seen it time and time again. You really don't watch yourself, but, you know, fans continue to bring things up to you. And when you watch, you go, wow, that was special. Wow, that was something. And, again, Shawn Michaels, what a talented wrestler. So if you know what you're doing, you can get in there and have so much fun. What a talent like Shawn Michaels. Well, well, tell everyone, how good was Shawn even at this point, And what was your relationship like with him? Well, first of all, Sean was already awesome at this point. He had already had that opportunity. He had already been working a lot. He had already been highlighted at War Wrestling Federation as one of their top superstars. Great worker, fantastic worker, fantastic wrestler, great character for that time, too. That sexy boy, sexy toy, you know, just a great character during that time. So we had a great charisma or get great uh, what do you want to say we just messed so great in the ring as far as sean was i personal friends with him yes i mean we never had any problems but i didn't hang out with sean all the time when i came in the guy that i hung out with for the first five years was undertaker that's how i drove up and down the road with if i wasn't with undertaker i'd be with the head shrinkers yokozuna the other tribal people you know so i was always with taker paul bear the samoans yokozuna Fatu, Rikishi, Sammy, the head shrinkers. I was always with them. Sean was there, but Sean was always with his clique, Diesel, Razor, one, two, three kid at the time. Everyone knows that they've heard it many, many times. We definitely had our groups. Don't forget, we traveled the road literally 300 days a year. So you do become very close with certain individuals because you're on the road a lot. 
So you, you said the, the company's obviously changed a lot. So, so in 1993, how does, do you guys lay out this match? Are there producers involved? Is this you and Sean backstage? Are you guys calling it in the ring? Are you the one calling the shots? Is Sean, like walk us through how that all worked back then. Well, first of all, that's one thing that people have always asked. They go, you know, well, you know, how many times you guys practice this match? Not, <laughs> not even one time. You know, you got to remember, you know, we've been on the road 300 days a year. You're you're in one town. Our day consists of this. Wake up, get to the airport, okay? Fly out. You get in town. You got to get your rental car, okay? Then you got to go check into your hotel. Then you got to get a bite tea. Then work out. Then get back to the hotel. Get cleaned up and report to the building by 6 o'clock before 7 o'clock show. We did that day in, day out. So we do not practice like that. But the thing about WWE, it's the best in the world. So when you get here, they're hiring you because definitely you have something, okay? You definitely are able to handle yourself in the ring. So what you see here in WrestleMania 9 was Sean and myself. It wasn't people coming up, I think you should do this, I think you should do that. The only thing that WWE is part of at this time, which it comes to creative, as we all know, is the finish what we decide for that finish to carry the story on or what story is being portrayed. But from beginning to end, that was Sean and myself. Yeah, and, and this was this was just such a fantastic match. You guys doing a lot of you know, innovative stuff, high-flying stuff, some, some really cool stuff. So you mentioned Bobby Heenan, who's obviously on commentary in this match. Here's my thinking on Heenan, but I really want to know what you think. You know, not only was Heenan – great for the wrestling business, great manager, great commentator. To me, he's one of the funniest people on the planet. He could have had a late night show or done so many other things. He was that talented. Was that your feeling on Bobby Heenan as well? Oh, yes. Bobby Heenan was a guy that, you know, not everybody has this talent. And the talent I mean is that someone can say something to Bobby and by the time they get it out of their mouths, Bobby already has the response to it. And it, it's so witty, so funny. It's something that we could think for days of and never come up with it. But Bobby could just bam, come up with it just like that. He was so funny, so talented, and a great character. Just the way he talked, the way he acted. Him and Gorilla Monsoon was just, they were fantastic. The typical baby face, heel villain commentators. So another guy I want to ask you about that I guess helped train you and you can tell us about the relationship was Ricky Steamboat. So what was your relationship like with him? And tell me this was, and I know people think of him as being a legend, but was he in some ways underrated for just how good he was? Oh, Steamboat was tremendous. Don't you remember the battles that he had with Ric Flair? I mean, tremendous matches. Unbelievable baby face. He could pull you into that ring to be emotionally tied to him that you knew that Ricky was hurting. So you wanted to chant him. You wanted to get behind him. You wanted to help him, you know? You wanted to get in and help him to make that comeback, Steamboat was unbelievable. Had a lot of fire, okay? Great baby face. I met him when I actually started this business. I was really honored. I started at North American Wrestling Association that became South Atlantic Pro Wrestling. And the superstar that was there at that time was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. So in my first year of starting this great industry, I was able to actually work with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat before my matches. I was able to learn so much from him and also had Wahoo McDaniel. 
Angeles. If there's anything, yeah, I would have to say maybe he didn't get as much rating as he should, but guess what? He, he did get the rating because he's a WWE Hall of Famer. Absolutely. And this year, to your point, this is just a heck of a match. You guys were, were fantastic in there. Certainly the best match on this show. Oh, definitely. Everybody who talks about WrestleMania 9, they go, you and Sean, best match on the card. If it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't have been interested in WrestleMania 9. Just great. I mean, Sean can work. Both of us are working. Both of us are moving. Both of us in shape. You know, you got a great character. And at that time, what made it so great is the fans really wanted to see me get the Intercontinental Belt. When I did that war cry at the beginning, everyone popped right before we started the match. They wanted to see me get the bell. So it just made a great mix of Sean being the champion, and here I am, everyone wanting me to have it. It just makes for a perfect match if you do everything that needs to be done in that squared circle. Like here, building up the comeback. You got to be in shape. You know, just like Sean, you got to be in shape so you can entertain the great fans that we have, the WWE Universe. Great chop coming up here, baby. Oh, yeah. Those chops were, I mean, those things were brutal. Yes, they were. I learned those from Wahoo McDaniels. I remember Wahoo <laughs> with the tomahawk, as you see me hit Sean and the chop. The thing what Wahoo did, he, I was learning how to chop someone, and I really chopped the guy hard. Wahoo said, Tatanka, don't you ever do that. He shot the kid off the rope. I wasn't even Tatanka then, excuse me, War Eagle Chris Chavis. He shot this young kid off the rope, and when he chopped him, I thought he had killed him. He said, listen, that is our move, the re reverse knife edge chop. Always lay it in. If someone can't handle that, they shouldn't be in the business. Yeah, it hurts. It stings. You can bust a chest wide open and bring blood for sure. But if you can't handle a chop, you don't need to be in our business. Hey, so at this time in 93, if someone would have told you that Shawn Michaels would, be, would end up being arguably the best in-ring worker of all time, would it have surprised you at all? No, it wouldn't have surprised me. Shawn just is a great worker. You know, he knows – where to be. He knows what you need to do. You got to have psychology. See him kicking to get out of that. It's just, He's just not up there. You know, he fought to get out of it. Some guys are up there and just go down. Sean does the extra stuff that the great ones do. Sean did the stuff that, you know, that makes you be at the top of this industry. So yeah, my hat is off to Sean, but guess what? I would love I would love, because I could still go, because I'm doing matches all over. I would love to have one more opportunity with Shawn Michaels. And the WWE Universe would love it also. Oh, yeah. So you, how are you feeling physically these days? In awesome shape. I don't take no medication. I don't take anything. I actually do independent shows all over the world. I'm very, very busy. Of course, I'm on a WWE Legends contract, so I could show up anytime. I did WrestleMania. You know, the, the Legends contract is more of a, not only getting us in front of the public, the new WWE Universe, and getting them to know us from that era, because it just brings more fans into this industry, specifically all those Young kids who were watching in the 90s, the adults now, now they're bringing their kids, and it's tremendous because they're five years old and they walk up to my table and go, you're my favorite wrestler. The WWE Universe is 
tremendous, but it's the kids who are watching me that are parents now. They're going, this is my favorite. You need to get to see these guys. And when they start watching our era, they fall in love with that era because they see all these great characters. It was just totally different, of course, as you know. All right, so obviously we have the count-out finish here. You know, you're going for the pin. They don't count it. They call, you know, the count-out. You win the match. You got to tell me, how did you not end up winning this match? Because this place would have gone berserk if you won the IC title. Of course, without a a shot of a doubt, they would have went berserk. They wanted to see me win the belt. Yeah, I mean, everyone, I, I can't tell you how many times I speak to fans worldwide, and that's all they talk about. You should have won the belt. You should have won the belt. You, the belt was stolen from you. All I got to say is there's always been a story to that, and the story was told to me by a very, very close friend of mine that it was scheduled for me to win the belt here. But there was a story sent around the locker room, not by my close friends, but by supposedly the clique that was saying I was getting an attitude at that time. And that's the reason they didn't want to give me the belt. But that had nothing to do with it. I've always been no attitude guy, one of the favorites among all the boys, never had heat with any of the boys. I've always just been a hard worker, but also didn't understand all of the, what do you want to say, diplomacy. You know, I've always believed in hard work, but, you know, again, WWE is a major company and there is some diplomacy there at World Wrestling Federation. And Sean knew I was very, very hot at that time. If I'd have got my hands on that belt, it would probably been a long time before Sean would ever see it. Because if you remember, people didn't hold belts like they do now. They went about and drop it a week later. It's totally different now. I mean, back then, Bret Hart had the belt for two years. So Sean knew I could have had the belt for a long time. But again, yes, the fans would have loved to have seen that. But one thing that I'm happy about is not only being at WrestleMania 9, not only getting the win, but the two-year undefeated streak was a tremendous feat with any wrestler, with all the talent that is at WWF, to go that long for two years, wrestling 300-plus days a year, sometimes on weekends, double shots, probably about 500 matches a year. I mean, I went pretty much close to 1,000 and oh. So that's a tremendous feat. So I have a lot to be thankful for. And again, as I said earlier with Steamboat, I'm really, really honored because I'm on a WWE Legends contract today. Well, and I'll just say this. I think that if you had won the title here and just, you know, really finished the match off with that finish – this to me would have been one of the better WrestleMania matches of all time. I think it was, it was that close. If it just would have had that really strong finish with you winning, cause the place would have gone nuts and you know, it would have been a real highlight, which now you brought up a point, which is I've been wanting to ask you about this for what over 25 years, six months after this, you lose on regular superstars to Ludwig Borga. You got to tell me, how did that happen? How do we end this massive winning streak with a loss to Ludwig Borga on superstars? Well, here's what happens in the wrestling world, as you'd call it. And I just spoke to a good friend of mine, too, and we were just having conversation, general conversation, and it's at WWE, and, and he lives in my area, Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah. We're just having general conversation. You know, what happens in our business, they build you up to be these mega superstars, okay? 
and have a two-year undefeated streak, okay? But sooner or later, you know, they got someone that comes in and they're wanting to do something great with them too. So they look, who can we put there to thrust them to that position that we want for them? They really wanted to do a lot with Luvid Borga. A lot of fans go, really? Yes, they really did. They really wanted to push him. He was this strong man from Finland, you know? So they really wanted to push him. But he just never got our business down. He didn't know. He was too robotic. He never got down the way he needed to be to be smooth in that ring and believable to bring those fans to him. So, again, they had built me up. Two years undefeated, but here comes the opportunity for that to go to someone else. And in our business, they also use a word called rubbing. It's like getting in the ring with the rock. If you're kind of like not at the top, you get in the ring with the rock, it puts you more up at the top because you're in the ring with the rock. So that's what they did with Luvid Borga. Even though I got my first defeat, they did it right because if you remember, Mr. Fuji came out, Yokozuna, WWE champion came out, and then also I got hit from behind with a steel chair, and I got hit pretty hard by Luvid Borga. So they did a good job. And I will tell you that when I did come back, after being put out there, when I came back, it was tremendous because when it hit my music, the pop was even louder. When I faced Luvid Borga, the pop was even louder because the fans got hot that I lost. So they wanted to see me pay that back to Luvid Borga. Just unfortunately, Luvid Borga just never got to where he was supposed to get to. And I know we're going to speak about The Miz. Now, The Miz is someone that did get to where they wanted, and he debuted with me, the Native American Tatanka. All right. Well, For this episode, we're going to call the end here. This was great. For those that have not seen this match or haven't seen it in a while, go watch it. It's going to be definitely better than you probably expect or remember. It was a fantastic match. So thanks for being on The Payoff. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's been an honor to be here on The Payoff. Ho! It's time for the aftermath. Welcome back. And as, as always, you know, need to thank Tatanka for joining us. I know Tom and I disagree, but I think we'll agree this was the best match. I'm going to say that on a really shit card, you know, Tom and I will differ on that. We'll talk about that during our score. But for me, you know, no denying just kind of how bad this mania was, but, you know, and widely reviewed fairly, you know, fairly poorly if, unless you're Tom, but I was reading though, a lot of articles prepping for this conversation. And, you know, you you do wonder what would have happened if he went over here and won, and just how his career, Tatanka's career would have been different if that had happened. You know, we know a little, you know, more about the backstage politics of what happened here and, and all that different stuff. But I think that there's something to be said though, of just, you know, kind of like we've talked about with Magnum TA and some of these other people, like what could have been, you know, I I like that part of the what if game, not necessarily the fantasy booking, but you know, just kind of what's going on and what's happening. So, you know, with that, Tom, you know, I know we've got a lot of thoughts about the match and card itself, but what did you think about the payoff? Yeah. So, Excellent match, horrible finish. We'll talk more about that when I give my payoff score. But, dude, it's WrestleMania. 
give me a clean finish, man. Like either you're ending Tatanka's streak and you're making Sean look like a million bucks and retaining the title or Tatanka wins and the place would have gone nuts. Watch the fans in that match. They were super into it. They were really pulling for Tatanka. They hated Sean. Dude, if he would have won that match and won the Intercontinental title, the place would have absolutely erupted. It's okay for a heel to win too, but you know, you're going to have this great 20 minute match and you're going to end it without either guy looking that strong. I don't get it, but Taka was an awesome guest and definitely a better match than I remembered. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So walk through storyline, what happened? Then I got some thoughts of my own. Yeah. So this was actually Tatanka's first televised title shot in the WWF, which I thought was, you know, as long as he had been around, I thought that, you know, that was just kind of an interesting little factoid. As well, we but saw, remember, you didn't have a bunch of titles then. You had the world title and you had the Intercontinental title. And you know what I mean? Yeah, like they kept, they kept them undefeated and stuff. It wasn't like, oh, well, there's, you know, six titles on each brand and everyone's a champion within their first year in the company. I think I'm due for the 24-7 win. Anyway, so Michaels, he was actually, as we saw, accompanied to the ring by his new valet, Luna Vachon. And, of course, the sensational Sherry was with Tatanka. It really was, I say, some decent back and forth and some targeting of areas like Michael's arm and shoulder and things like that. But even just kind of watching and, you know, the ending just seemed funky to me because you had Michaels pulled the ref out of the ring and then Tatanka hit the fallaway slam and then the ref comes back into the ring and calls for the bell. Now, you would have thought, but like the ref went down like he was going to count. You would have thought it was about, you know, it would have been a DQ match because Michaels pulled the ref, but instead, he never counts even the one. He kind of points for the bell and then goes and talks to the ring announcer, and then it's announced as a countout win for Tatanka. Now, Okay, that's fine. But either way, it meant the title didn't change hands. But it was just odd how, like, immediately the ref didn't call for the – to me, it was very odd that the ref didn't immediately call for the bell on this one because it just didn't look right. And even, you know, like – knowing the end of the match like we did right now, it just, it felt really off. It just didn't look right to me. So, you know, as we see though, Luna Vachon, she attacks Sherry after the match. She was always crazy. Like I loved her, like, you know, the lunatic and, and all this other stuff, but like she was nuts. Like I would not want to cross her. Such you know, a good heel. Such a good such, heel. Oh yeah. Great character. But you know, and, and Tatanka, you know, he, Help Sherry back to the back after the match, and then it was announced by the commentators that you know they had she had attacked her again in the back in the first aid medical room, whatever you want to call it. And so, it just interesting, you know, and you know how this match played out. Now, the feud with these two, it really ended with this match that Tatanka would remain undefeated really for another four, five or so months until October of that year when he finally lost to Ludwig Borga. And, you know, it was really just various injuries. It sucked. Different, yeah. The Ludwig Borgas thing sucked. That match that. sucked. And then we, I think even they tried, I think, to get – or they did try to get a rematch out of this. But, like, he was – like, Borga was injured. It just didn't – it never came together. Because I think even they knew that it sucked and they really wanted to do something different here. But, you know, it was just a very uneventful end to – 
you know, how that played out as well too. Now, Michaels, on the other hand, he would go on and he'd go back to feuding with Marty Jannetty after this. He actually capped this year off with a match with the Knights against the Heart, which, which we have discussed before on our Barry Horowitz episodes. I recommend going back and, and checking that one a little bit here. But of course, you know, Michael's much longer career here. I know we hear you on Twitter. You always want to hear more about Michael's, but we will cover it in various avenues at different times. But, you know, this was very early in his career, still had a lot of career left, a lot of things happening. And so I'm going to kind of stop there with Michaels at the end of that year, but good stuff for both of them. Tom, what'd you think of the aftermath here? Dude, if the thing in this era that pissed me off most was not getting Flair and Hogan at WrestleMania eight, then number two on my list might be ending Tatanka's multi-year undefeated streak with a, I believe it was on superstars, but one of their weekend TV show losses to Ludwig freaking Borga. What a disaster. Dude, I, I just I remember watching it live like as a kid. And I'm like, the hell are you doing? Like, did he just lose? Like, I'm not saying this is like the Takers WrestleMania streak or anything, but dude, you're telling me we couldn't have gotten a better payoff to a multi-year undefeated streak when that didn't really happen. Okay. Yep. I mean, yep. just I don't know. I, I just I hated it. So um, you know, that I, I will say that. The other thing is you know, we talk about Shawn Michaels going on to become Mr. WrestleMania. I know we're going to cover a lot of these matches and moments in the future, but by my count, we've got 17 Shawn Michaels WrestleMania matches, okay? Now, of those, by my count, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 10 of those matches were the best match on their respective WrestleManias, okay? 10 of his matches stole the show. Then 10 out of 17? 10 out of 17, correct. And okay. then two others, I'm not sure about. The two that are in question, and, and I'd have to look more at the cards. And uh, Him and McMahon was an awesome match at WrestleMania 22. Off the top of my head, that might have been the year Taker and Batista wrestle for the title, which was a really good match. I, I can't remember, okay? That's the one I'm not paused about. And then him and Cena at 23, I don't think that was the best match in the show, but it was pretty damn good that you were there for that one offhand was that the first money in the bank match no okay well it was it wasn't its own show yeah no 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 it might have been the first year they did that i can't remember but my point is is that that the those are two 22 and 23 that i'm positive about but i mean dude just going through the list of you know the mr wrestlemania stuff we covered some of the ones that he was in previously but man you look at this, and just as a refresher, WrestleMania 10 ladder match, that's a five-star match. 26 against Taker, 25 against Taker. The angle match was excellent. The three-way in the garden, Sean, Triple H, and Benoit, excellent. His first one back from being retired against Jericho, awesome match. The Iron Man match against Bret Hart, You'll get differing opinions on that. I loved it. The Cena match at 23 was excellent, even though they'd have a better match like a week or two later on Raw. The Diesel match, hey, look, you know, one of the best matches of Kevin Nash's career. One that I think is underrated was his match for his flair. I'd probably, I mean, that was phenomenal. The McMahon match was phenomenal. 
you know, and then rounding out the, the top 10, you know, this, this match against Tatanka was pretty fantastic as well. I could only imagine what would have been with him and Stone Cold if his back was healthy. Obviously, he was hurt there. So just some incredible matches that we go on to see from Sean at WrestleMania. Um, but again, to me, the first really good match and the first one that was the best match on its respective card was this match against Tatanka. Those are my thoughts. Jeff, what did the newsletters at the time say about this match? Yeah, there was some some interesting things here, and some of these were tough to find. And I'll start with the grapple score. I usually show that at the end, but the grapple they gave it a three point zero three out of five stars with on a forty seven, or excuse me, out of forty seven ratings. So you know, not bad middle ground there. A solid B minus. Some long write-ups here from the torch, but I'll kind of skim over this one a little bit and share a little bit here. But you know, Luna Vashan accompanied Michaels to ringside, making her debut. After several minutes of consistent action, Tatanka threw Michaels outside the ring. When Luna began walking to Michaels to help him, Sherry stopped her. At 8.44, Michaels took control after a kick to Tatanka's face as Tatanka dove off the top rope. Jumping ahead a little bit here. So the action spilled outside the ring as a, as a Sherry, Sherry chant began. At 17.05, Michaels flew off the ring apron towards Tatanka outside the ring, but Tatanka moved and Michaels hit the metal stairs and the floor. Michaels grabbed the referee and dragged him out of the ring. Tatanka fall away suplex Michaels in the ring and covered him. When the referee returned to the ring, he stopped the match. Tatanka was declared the winner by countout. Weak finish, very good match, and after the match, Luna beat a beat on Sherry and Tatanka held Sherry from the ring. Okay, anyways, three and a quarter stars is what they gave it. And a different write-up that they had, it was three and a half stars. So it kind of falls right in line with some of this other stuff. And the other write-up is very, you know, just calling the spots as well, too, on this one. So I think that, well, I'll just start. Tom, do you agree or disagree? I'll start there. Yeah, I mean, I'm in complete agreement, right? I mean, really good match. I mean, it's funny. So Meltzer said very weak finish to what was an excellent opener. Keller said weak finish, very good match. I mean, dead on, right? This yeah. ma- Again, if you haven't seen this match, go back and watch it. It is, for this era, excellent. An excellent, excellent match. I mean, some pretty high spots. It was awesome. And then they do this, like, schmoz bullshit finish. So, yeah, they're exactly right. And it was awesome. It was an awesome, awesome match. And it just, man, again, you give Sean a clean win and you make him a, a great heel IC champion after some near falls from Tatanka. You give Tatanka the win in the title, place goes nuts. That's awesome, too. Either one would have been better than this stuff. Yeah. What do you think? I agree. <laughs> I think that it just, you know, it's hard to not look at the whole card on this one. I think that, you know, again, we got to put ourselves in the moment and, you know, we've got the hindsight to see just how this whole card played out and kind of, you know, how history has treated it. So I'll say for this match itself, I do agree with the ratings on this one. I think our ratings will will kind of reflect this a little bit too, but I'd say overall, yeah, I definitely agree with this. I think it's, Pretty close to how I would call it, too. All right. So we'll jump right in, though. Me uh, or you? Chaos. Well, 
you know, I got to explain it, man. Like seriously, this, we're just off this episode, of course. So one through 10, we look at everything there. I explained it. So uh, <laughs> I, did, I did it. We're done. So with having Tom, you go, uh, actually I'll go because I'll let you rant after. So that well, probably- no, and, 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 and as far as the payoff score, I mean, we look at one to 10, we look at, yeah. you know, the, the match, we look at the storyline, we look at the build, we look at the aftermath, we look at whatever the hell we want and we give it a one to 10. It's a lot more than just, you know, two guys doing moves in the ring. So go ahead, Jeff. Wow. Steal my thunder. I will start with, I'm, I'm going to give this one a six and a half. I think that it was definitely an absolute shit card. You know, Tom and I will disagree. I think till the end of time on that one, but I, it wasn't a good card, plain and simple. But I will say if you looked at, you know, just watching this match, you would think, Oh, cool. Something good's going to happen here. Like who knows what's going to happen here. So I think you, you would have had a decent match or you had a decent match with a, I think a above average build compared to nowadays. And the ring work was pretty good. Like both these guys were, you know, I'd say Michaels was actually ahead of his prime at this time. Tatanka was in his prime. And so I think, you know, that's six and a half. I think it's justified on this one of just kind of, you know, their ring work itself. And I think I'm judging a lot. I'm I'm deducting a lot for what happened around this match and not necessarily the match itself. But yeah, I think that, you know, that's just, it's fair more than anything. I kind of think it falls in line a little bit with what some of the other scores are as well too. But uh, 6.5, that's my score and I'm sticking to it. So Tom. Yeah, I'll give my score first. I got this at a six. Man, okay, let's, let's look at the negatives. The negatives being the finish. There wasn't a massive build to this match. So there wasn't like a great storyline, but the match was awesome. The crowd was into it. It was the best match on the show. So I'll give it a six. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great, all things considered. Look, if you had a better build to this thing, it would have really helped. But, I mean, what I think could have made this a you know, really great WrestleMania moment and something that would have really stuck out is if you, you know, had that Tatanka win and the place just going nuts. So, you know, not to beat the dead horse, but the finish and and the lack of build really took away from what could have been, I think, an awesome match, an awesome moment, but still a really good match until the finish. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tom, any final thoughts on just this as a whole and kind of, you know, anything that you haven't already shared about this one? Yeah, to me, this is, I'm going to call this a hidden gem, right? I really think this is one of those that, like, you don't talk about, you certainly don't rank as one of Sean's best WrestleMania matches. It's, you know, a little bit of a forgotten, infamous WrestleMania, and then this match is buried on that. But a really good match shows that Tatanka could go in the ring and, and was super over with the fans. I think that's something people don't recognize very often. And at the time, Sean was just a great heel and doing great ring work at a time where there wasn't much good in ring work, let alone great in ring work. So dude, you know, Sean's first really solid WrestleMania match. You're looking at, you know, by the dirt sheet metrics, you're looking at a four or more star match if this thing had a great finish. They absolutely loved it. So what could have been, my friend, what could have been, but still really solid stuff, really fun to look at it, fun to talk about the beginning of Mr. WrestleMania, talk a little bit about that. Tatanka was an awesome guest, underrated, forgotten hero of the wrestling business, if you will. Fans loved him. The look was great. So that's all I have, man. And I could obviously talk for hours, but, you know, 
let's stick to the format and, and we'll get, we'll get our, I'll get my Shawn Michaels shit in again sometime soon. How's that sound? That sounds good. I agree. I think that this was a, you know, a match to not, you know, don't skip it as you're, you're doing your WrestleMania marathon rewatch in the lead up to WrestleMania. And, you know, do, you do, do a lot of people do that? Or am I, I always thought I was like the only one, like go back uh, and watch old WrestleMania is like the month leading up to it. I know my, I had a buddy, Joe, I'll call Joe out on this one. I remember he got copies of all of them when back in college when we were in the frat house. And I remember we would sit and we, that was like part of what we do. And we sit on the couch and we would just watch some old WrestleMania. And he, I think at first we were going to try and make it through every one. Then I think we just started kind of cherry picking. We just kind of put it on and watch. And Joe was the one I went to Mania with. And so shout out to him that, yeah, absolutely. I know at least we did it in college. I yeah. know that's right. Not yeah, enough now, hours in the day nowadays, but yeah. I feel like every, you know, probably like the four or six weeks leading up to WrestleMania, you know, when they start pointing at the sign, it's WrestleMania season. And so what I Soon. typically do, yep. yeah, I typically like try to watch some of my favorite matches moments or at least like the ending and just like scrolling through them and stuff it's always so fun because you just like you know you yep. come across some great matches you come across some great moments then you you know you're hearing gorilla monsoon and then and that's fun to watch some of like the introductions it's like all right what were they what were the video packages like at the time i just i love doing that every year so yeah it'll be it'll be fun as we get into wrestlemania season we'll have to we'll have to try and cover a bunch of wrestlemania matches very good stuff. So with that, of course, we want to thank Tatanka once again, all over social media. He's very active, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. He can be found. He's at Native Tatanka. I see him on Twitter a lot. And so make sure to check him out there. But then just like we start the show, always end the show with those reminders. Subscribe to the payoff. Give us five stars. Spread the word about the show. We're on our own social media at Payoff Pod. And then that Patreon, one tier, payoffpatreon.com. Make sure to check that out. So Tom, you got a war cry in honor of Tatanka to take us home here? Yee! Thank you, as always, for joining us on The Payoff.